Hi, everybody. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live podcast. I'm so excited that you all are joining me today. And like I always say, because it's always true, the show is going to be amazing. My guest came to me through a very mutual, loving, 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 one of the best writers, the best editors, this side of the New York Times bestselling list, and that's Sheila Bales. I have to start the show with saying thank you to Sheila for arranging uh, me to meet T.L. Pratcher and her family. And most of all, thank God for the opportunity to be on the airway, shutting um, the stereotypes about new books and authors and giving the enemy any credit because he is not the um, king of airways. Jesus is the king of all the airways, and I'm here to prove that. So I'm so excited about our show. We have a fantastic author, and she is so modest. I asked her to send me her bio. She sent me two sentences. It was enough to get it around, but you know what? I'm just glad she sent that. So this is her first literary work. And when I say this book is, now y'all know Sheila Bell, and I did say y'all, you know Sheila Bell is my favorite author outside of Terry McMillan, you know, all these other great writers because Sheila is up there. But let me tell you, this T.L. Pratcher, remember that name and say, Loretta told me so. So everybody, welcome T.L. Pratcher to Loretta McNary Live. Hi, T.L. Okay, let me see what's going on here. I think we lost her call earlier. Okay, there she is. Hey, T.L., can you hear me now? Hi. Yeah, I can I can hear you perfect all the way. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, it is perfect. So um, the name of T.L.'s book, Concrete Roses, like I told you, it is book one. I think it's going to be a series of books. I call. I said she's already working on the sequel. I'm going to just feel that now because I know once you read the book and you hear her talk about it, you're going to already have that question, when is the next book? Because it is definitely a showstopper. She has a background in the field of social work. She and Fred, her beloved husband, they have two children, and they reside in the beautiful city of Memphis, Tennessee. So, T.L., I didn't ask you this, and we've had some conversations. How long did it take you to write Concrete Roses? Tell me about that process. What was the motivation for it, and then how did you come up with the name of it? Well, um, it took me approximately seven months to write Concrete Roses, and um, honestly, the book, uh, the story, I always like to say, it revealed itself to me. I know that may sound a little <laughs> mysterious, but that is exactly what happened. Um, I I was trying to write another story, and I just kept getting glimpses about this new story, and um, characters just started popping in my brain, and I started writing, and as I wrote, I wrote a little piece, and I said, okay, Lord, what's next? I wrote a little more. I said, okay, okay, so where are we going from here? And we just kept going on, and I did say we. <laughs> we me and yes. Jesus just kept going on and on like that until the end, um, and the process, honestly, was easy. It just, it just came out of me, and um, it, it was, it was marvelous. It was scary, um, joyous. Uh, it, it's been quite a ride, and and I'm very grateful for, for the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Okay, so um, everybody that's listening on your phones and online, well, especially on your phones, if you have a question or you want to make a comment, you have to press the number one. It'll put you in the queue, 
and then I'll go to as many as I can because let me tell you, there are a ton of people listening. I'm looking at the board now. There are a ton of people listening already. <laughs> so Concrete Roses, what was, and it's going to be kind of difficult for me to talk about the book because I read it and I don't want to give away a lot. So um, mm-hmm. shut me down if I started talking too much about it. But what was, how did you come up with the name Concrete Roses, which after reading the book is very appropriate? Well, thank you so much for that. Um, actually, um, a friend helped me with the title. I I had another I had another title in mind, and when he heard it, he said, uh, "You're going to get sued, so you, you may not want to use that one." Uh, so after after he reviewed an excerpt that I sent him, he he said, "Well, what about concrete roses?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, that that's it right there." Um, you asked me about motivation for writing the book, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am a champion for the underdog. That's me. Uh, as a social worker, I think that's part of the that that's part of inspiration to become a social worker, right? Because you want to you want to see people overcome and you want to see people conquer. And um, so, Concrete Roses is about uh, a young woman who's engulfed in a life of prostitution. And she has two children, and she's trying to keep them unscathed from her terrible lifestyle. Uh, I was inspired to write the book because I, I, I feel that out of all the, the so-called, um, and I say this loosely, the uh, bad people in society, uh, all, we, we, we tend to look at a person who gives their body away as the as one of the the worst. Uh in, in my conversations mm-hmm. just growing up, um a, a prostitute could stand next to a murderer and someone would still go, well, you know, still would turn her nose up at him her but give him a second chance. Um if he's a murderer and a prostitute. So I I um I just wanted to I want I I'm not glorifying the the um, I'm not glorifying prostitution whatsoever. I want to make that clear. But yeah, and not, do, you would never even get that from reading the book either. <laughs> There's no way anybody would get that from um, reading the book that you were glorifying prostitutions or the use of drugs or mm-hmm. uh, premarital sex. So don't mm-hmm. even worry about mm-hmm. that. And how you were able to talk about and to write an entire book and then working on book number two. A, a subject and something that, you know, the good people, the good Christians condone really, really bad. Like you said, the worst of the worst are those mm-hmm. who are in prostitution, those who are drug users and mm-hmm. or even working in a strip club. You so right. lovingly described a real person. I could see them. I I fell in love with them. I, I felt like, man, is there somebody, are those characters in my life currently and I just don't know they're in my life? And if they are, what am I doing to help them? So it was, mm-hmm. the book had my emotions all over the place. So which one of the characters came first for you? I know Tammy is like the, the main person, but who came first? <laughs> well, um, Chica, Chica and Tammy, they were the first in, in my mind. And and Prudy, Prudy is is my favorite. I I think I love Prudy even more than Tammy. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. 
and and Prudy is um I, and I don't want to give away too much either, but it's so easy for me because I love talking about it. But but Prudy is uh she's a she's a complex individual, and like I said, I am a champion of the underdog. So Prudy is uh, <laughs> Prudy is someone who um. I'm trying to be careful not to give it away, but Prudy is. She has Prudy a very, is uh, Tammy's mom, right? We can say that. Yeah, yeah, we can. Prudy's Prudy's Tammy's mom, and Prudy is a very hardcore woman. She's a thug. I'm sorry, but she's a thug, and um, and I think yeah. that's what I like most about her. But Prudy, Prudy has wisdom. Prudy has. Um, intuition and knowledge that people people don't really see when you first see Prudy. You don't see it right away. And and I think what inspired um Prudy's character is uh growing up in in the um I, I grew up in some of the so called worst places in Memphis. I did. Uh Hurt Village, Cleveland Homes, Hook Homes. Uh, from the time that my family came to Memphis, we we hit almost every uh, public housing development in Memphis. So I had the opportunity to meet a lot of characters. And what I found was that you can't take anyone's face value. Uh, and Prudy is one of those characters, and that's why I love her most, because she, underneath all of the streets and all of that, all of, of the vernacular, the way that she speaks and the way that she carries herself, you see someone who just wants to be forgiven and loved and and wants to impart good in, in the in the person she loves and the people she loves. And I think that essentially that's the that's the hope in everyone. And um so that's what that's what I love about Prudy. Oh my goodness! And when you were you were introducing the new, it is so hard to talk about this book because I could just talk about it because I have it's like I know these people. Like I would tell Sheila, I fall in love with her herons and you know the the guys that you're supposed to love, and I don't like the ones that you're not supposed to like. And it's like I know them and I become protective of them because the writing is so remarkable. So um, when Oh my goodness! How can we say this? Okay, let's talk about the writing of the book again. <laughs> so you decide. How did that affect your husband? Because you know you all have two children together, and you work, he works, and then you're taking time to write the book. And now it's like your whole life is about to have a new normal with the book and publicity mm-hmm. of it, and the marketing, and people wanting you to come and talk about it. So how was mm-hmm. he when you said, "Hey, babe, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm writing the book." Oh my. Yes, well, that that's easy. Um, my husband is so he's so um so team TL. It's just it's ridiculous. He is on my team. When I when I started writing, uh, when he when I read uh, a few excerpts to him, he 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 encouraged me. He said, "Yes, yes, this is that's good, babe. Go on, go on." And there were times that he I would I would call him in the middle of the night because having such a such a busy life and being uh, I'm sure that every everyone nowadays is busy um, but my job the my job starts before um, eight and it ends after five so I'm 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 busy a lot I'm working late so I would come home and I'd um, I'd, I'd prepare 
something, and but most times during the writing of this book, we we, we ate out a lot. <laughs> we ate out a whole lot, and <laughs> and my husband would be the one to go and pick up the food, and he'd be the one to help out with with our with our youngest. And he's just been very supportive, and he encouraged me to actually contact Miss Bell once we found her. I was scared. I was a little scared because as you as you mentioned, I am a new author, and. And there was that that doubt that is it good enough? Will will, will she like it? Um, can I take it if she doesn't? So I was scared to call Miss Bell. And he and after we talked to her and she was so warm and friendly and loving. Um, and a period of time had passed, and then he said, um, "I've given you long enough. Call that lady." That's what he told me. He said, "Call that lady." So um, so I did, and that and and I when I did that, we just um, it took off. Um, but I could not have written this book without his support and his love and, and my children. They've been very patient with me, and um, it took a lot of um, – there were times I would wake up in the middle of the night. I'd see a scene. I'd have to write it down. I would be at work sometimes. I would write, I would write in between, you know, during my breaks. So just whenever inspiration hit, that's when I would write. I'd keep a notepad with me. And so that's how that's how I got it out of me, just writing all the time. Oh my goodness! And so because I haven't written a book with characters, mine are more inspirational, um, scripture, inspirational quotes, part of my life or somebody else's life that I know. So how mm-hmm. do the characters come? Because I mean. <laughs> you had to listen to a lot of stories and see a lot, and I don't know if you had to do research. It was based on real life experiences of other people that you knew, because your characters mm-hmm. and you, the way you describe them and the way they talk, and then the relationships that they have. You know, I only know from other TV shows or movies or whatever. But you were so on point with how I think that world works, and then how. You just you just made them. I didn't feel I didn't look down on them. You know how sometimes people are so superficial. They see a girl walking down the street or whatever, knowing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a prostitute. Um, and then people have these thoughts. But when you read this book and you introduce that lifestyle to us, you did it in such a way that it was not a judgmental way. Although the reader could take it that way, but you certainly did not write the book that way. So it you did such a loving. Um, non-judgmental writing of those characters, but you share real life with them about what they mm-hmm. were doing. So that was, yes, that, yes. I mean, just an amazing job. Thank you, thank you, Loretta. I it was it was a joy to do it, and, and I do have to say, I really believe that I was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write about these characters and to write about this subject because I feel that people need to have a bit more, more than tolerance, we need to have more love. Uh, one, one benefit um, from being in this field, in, in social work, it, it, it broadens my, my view. It challenges, um, challenges my ideas about, about people, about life. Um, you, you just can't afford to live looking at one side of the spectrum. You I, and, and I don't want to live that way. So I think no, that was another. Do I. <laughs> yeah, that's another reason that I wrote 
that I wrote this book because I wanted to talk about that world. I remember being in college, and while when when I I attended um, college here, and I I at the time I was um, well. I don't want to go too far, but anyway, I <laughs> having the background of living in public housing, yeah, because I can really talk about that. But having the background of um, living in public housing, I would hear sometimes people talk about those people over there and those those people in those projects. And there I was sitting in the in the classroom with all of, with all of them, and they had no idea mm-hmm. that I was one of those people. And I and I don't say that in a in a negative way, but but I think that inspired me too because I want people to know and people to see that we're all we're all just people striving, um, people who want good quality of life, people who want the best for our children, no matter what no matter what lifestyle. I mean what. Um, I guess what area, what area um, you live in? I mean, there are a lot of right. everywhere, and that. And I I'll think be so glad when this world gets to that. Yeah. Well, this is a start. I'll be so glad when we do that. I do too, because I mean, there will be conversations, and and that leads me to. And Fred asked me, "What did I think about Lauren?" But before I ask any more questions, we do have somebody um, out of our listen, our listeners that are listening. Um, so I'm going to take a call right now if you don't mind. So we're going to go to area code 901. I only give out the prefix. So it's not area code 901. The prefix is 672. We're going to you now call her to make your quest, ask your question or make your comment. Hi, welcome to Loretta McNary Live. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hi there. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I had to push something. But, of course, this is Sheila Bell, and I have questions of my own. I'm just so excited, first of all, about this book. I agree with you, Loretta. It is just phenomenal. But, you know, I was sort of shocked to hear you say, T.L., that Prudy is your one of your favorite characters. And I just wanted to, you know, I really have three questions, and I don't know how many of them you can answer, but uh, the first one is um, I was just shocked to hear about Prudy, and I wanted to know what prompted you to choose this particular subject uh, to write about, and if there is any uh, particular group of people, you know, whether they're young people, older people, black, white, I mean, whatever. Is it a certain group that you're trying to reach? Because this is, a, to me, uh, uh, just a inspirational story too and a story of triumph without even telling what it's about you know it's a story of triumph and people overcoming mm-hmm. and persevering through a lot of different um, um, things that happen in their life so what prompted you to choose this subject and again tell me about Prudy okay well Miss Bell it's so so good to hear from you <laughs> I could just see your face when I when I said <laughs> when I said that Prudy was my favorite I could just picture your face well um <laughs> Prudy, Prudy is my favorite because she she is the le- she's the least um, likable, I think, between her and another character that I that I won't mention. <laughs> but she's one of the least likable characters, and I I I love her. I I love her um, the way that she she doesn't quit. She has a spirit that won't quit. No matter mm-hmm. what Tammy says to her, she still comes back with that love, and she's yeah. not giving up, even though she made some terrible mistakes concerning her daughter. Her parenting skills are shot 
<laughs> and, yes. but, she, but she loves her daughter and she wants to make things right. And, and I think that speaks to that, that desire in, 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 in people to, to want to be loved to want to be forgiven. And I think sometimes we look at people's actions and assume that they don't want anything out of life and they don't want um, love. They may even push against it, but I think that everybody wants to be loved. And um, the question about the, um, I guess, the population that I chose to discuss, I think it is very taboo uh, and especially for a Christian to write about such things. Um, <laughs> I was really, I was really nervous about how it would, how it would appeal to uh, other Christians because of this. When, when you say things like sex, uh, sometimes um, it, it just gets quiet because people don't want to talk about that. But I really try to tastefully, talk about these areas because I don't want to turn people off, but these are real. This is a real, um, these problems are real. And in the wake of human mm-hmm. trafficking, yeah, in the wake of human trafficking, and it's, it's an epidemic, but I want people to know that this has been going on um, for years and years and mm-hmm. years in, in families and particularly in the black community. Not only, not yes. exclusively, but yes, and we just kind of sweep it along, and nobody talks about it. And so, um, I really wanted to. I I'm reaching out to everyone. I want to raise awareness. I, I do. I want to raise okay. awareness about it that it is going on. It's been going on, um, and I and I and it, and, it, and it's very exciting to learn when. Um, other groups, other groups of people are interested because um, some of the characters are Latino, Latina. Sorry, some of the characters yes. are um, Caucasian. So it, it's about everyone. It's not. It's not just about the black community. It's about everyone, and and it affects everyone. And no one lives their life to themselves. Every everything you do affects another person. And that's another thing that wow. that inspired me and that I wanted to bring out about um this story. Perfect, perfect. Awesome. Wow. You answered those really well. So um I don't know if anybody else is listening in our queue. If you want to ask a question like Miss Sheila Bell did and Sheila tell them who you are and the name of your publishing company because you know I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm Sheila Bell, and I'm a, a national best-selling author. I'm an editor, the uh, founder of Written Word, Word Editorial, and as well as Benita and Hodge Publishing. And so, I'm just uh, in love with T.L. Pratchett. This, I'm just so glad she entrusted this book into my my hands because it is such a phenomenal story and I know that uh Loretta you will agree with me on that. I can just see this doing just going big big places, even on the screen. I just I'm just I already told her and Fred, I see this as a movie. <laughs> yes. Thank you coming to agreement. Yes. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you, Miss Sheila. Keep listening because we have some more time in the interview. And of oh, course, I, you know, I have yeah, a ton yeah, more questions. Uh, and if you have any other questions, just press that one again. Okay, I will. Thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Miss Bell. Okay, so, and she awesome. So, getting back to um, a question that Fred asked me, what did I think of the character Lauren? And I want to say, if Tammy is not my favorite, Lauren is my favorite character because I hope that I am Lauren to somebody, uh, whether it, it may not be somebody like Tammy, you know, at the exact same lifestyle or whatever, but I hope that I have been a Lauren to someone. And I like how you, and it took me a minute to even realize that she was Caucasian. And I love that you put the diversity in this book. I promise you, I am ah, I'm over the top about the diversity of this book because, like you said, it affects everybody. It's not a black problem. It's not a white problem. It's not a Latino problem. It is a mm-hmm. people problem. Prostitution has been going on since the beginning of time. And one mm-hmm. thing that I like about your book, um, that's different from a lot of books that I've read about sexual um, trafficking, sex you know, sexual trafficking or prostitution, mm-hmm. you are, the, you don't make them victims. Normally when you hear about that, we talk about the women and the young men who have been involved in it. From a victim standpoint, you have really empowered them. They made their decisions. They're living their life. They know it's not the best life for them, except for the one that's, you know, <laughs> the crackhead or whatever. She is lost, but with Tammy, she knows there's something better for her, but she's going to do what she got to do for her babies. And because of the way she was raised, it made that lifestyle like the next thing for her. And, you know, who knows her thought process? We haven't gone into that a whole lot in the book, but I feel like you will in book number two. So, Fred, to answer your question, um, I adore Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love how, you know, you didn't even give it away who they were at the first that there was another contact made with that family. So mm-hmm. your writing is, um, I just can't say it enough, is, is extraordinary. We're going to go back to the phone lines and take another question. We're going to 901, okay. and the prefix is 569. So 901-569, we are coming to you for your question or comment. Hi, caller. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. Hi, caller. I know what happens. People have their oh. phone and they may step away to do something. But area code yeah. 509-509-569, are you there? Okay, and they, they, they wanted to go in the queue. Hello? Are you Hi. there, caller? Hi. 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 Hello. Okay, Hello? we can hear you. Go yes. ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got a question. I wanted to know uh what uh what character uh was your your least favorite character. Oh. <laughs> my least my <laughs> least favorite. Oh, that's a hard one cuz I honestly uh, I have um found val- there's there's value in all of them and they all have such um critical roles. Um who's my least favorite? Mm. Well, I, I will say this. There are some that are marginal in this first book, but everyone will have their moment in the sun. Everyone. 
So, uh, yeah, um, I don't honestly. I I don't have a least favorite. I I like them. I well, like them who's all the there, antagonist but, to you then? Since you don't say least, I'm gonna help him out and put words in his mouth. Okay. Because who, who's the antagonist? Who is like the most antagonistic person in this book? Maybe well, that'll I help her say. Because I see where you get yeah. rooster. Mm. Yeah, I have not, Noel. Well, between Rooster and Chica, I have to say because um, we've been, we've been. Um, well, people have been giving us their feedback, and by far, everybody hates Chica. She's number one. Everybody hates Chica. But um, I kind of, um, I kind of like, I kind of, I kind of like Chica um, and. And Rooster, I guess, if I had to choose ranking bad to good, then Chica, Rooster, um, my. Yeah, yeah her too. My, mm-hmm. she, yeah, she's a, she, she's a bomb waiting to happen. Yeah. So that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, Carla, who was your yeah. least favorite? Because obviously you read the book. Yes, I read the book. Uh, my least favorite is Prudy. I do not like Prudy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it about you, Trudy what? you don't like? Well, it was just the fact the way she uh, treated her daughter and mm-hmm. the way she put her in a position to not necessarily turn out the way she did, but to turn out the way she did. And and now she wants to, you know, I, I give her the, the benefit of the doubt, but it's just the way she, I, I think she could have did something different to to mistreat her child the way she did, to to do her the way she did. So I just don't like Prudy. You don't like Prudy. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to put you back on in the queue, and if you have another question, just press that button again, okay? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd like to say to something. Not, yeah. I'm sorry. No, please go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to make a comment about Prudy and maybe why she is how she is is because mm-hmm. something maybe happened in her childhood. It's not revealed in the book, so I don't know. But usually when – usually, uh, and I can't speak from experience of anybody I know, but just based on life – if somebody's treating their child that way um, in an anti-parenting kind of way, it's usually because they had some issues in their childhood, maybe similar to that, and they are wounded some kind of way because a healthy person does not do this. So you almost know she has to have been wounded herself as a child or a young adult or saw something that hurt her. So I'll say that for Prudy. I don't know because it's not revealed in book number one. So what were you, what were your thoughts on how he felt about her as a parent? Well, that's um, that's exactly what I would say. And there's this uh, phrase that's becoming even more popular by the day: "Hurt people hurt people." And mm-hmm. we're and and we're um, and I think that in a lot of us there are broken there's brokenness there are broken pieces in all of us. Um, somewhere, it doesn't have to be to the extent mentioned in the book, but, uh, and I didn't experience um, the things that Prudy did to her daughter um, or the things that, um, I I didn't experience um, firsthand a lot of things that I wrote about, but I do understand that 
it, it, it comes from somewhere, and that is another uh, motivating factor for me when we, when we look at um, parents um, and the way that they treat children. A lot of we, we've had just an influx of stories about parents abusing children. And um, in the field that I'm in, I, I see it a whole, whole lot. And we see it on the news, and we wonder how in the world could a mother do that to her child? Well, it, it comes from a brokenness in that mother, I believe, a, a brokenness that is not healed and that has just um, been allowed to fester and fester. And, I, and that's one thing that I would like to change with, uh, with this book. The more people read it, I hope that it generates conversations about hurt and broken places so people can get some healing. And we are receiving feedback uh, from, from, from individuals who have expressed that, um, that oh, my gosh, you, you looked into my life. How did you know? How did you know? People have said that to me. And um, it's, it's, it's hurt manifests in many ways, many ways. Brokenness can manifest in many ways. And, and a lot of times when you see someone do something that, that looks crazy, and and doesn't make sense. It's coming from a place of brokenness, and I want for people to to be to be understanding um, that exactly. it's not that yeah the person is just bad and rotten and 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 no good. Sometimes people behave the way they do because they're broken. Absolutely. I definitely agree with what you just said, and I need to pause for a moment. I'm not going to play the ads, but I will because we're going to run out of time. But I do want to say thank you to two of my sponsors, and that is Fast Track Realty over on Kirby Witten. If you are interested in getting your real estate license or you know someone who is, please contact Cheryl Harris over at Fast Track Realty. And if you're looking for a gift that keeps on giving and that is unique and is, is perfect for the person who has everything, then you want to make sure you give them, you want to give Carolyn Matthews Banks a call at a tour of possibilities. Carolyn, is, Carolyn has a tour possibilities tour company that, is, that goes all around the city of Memphis and talks about the treasures of the African-American history. And she takes you to those locations, and she tells you a history about it, and she has music and songs to go ahead with what she's talking about. It is an experience of a lifetime, very unforgettable and memorable. So make sure you call Carolyn Michael Banks at a tour of possibilities, also known as a top and take that tour. It'd be a great gift for an anniversary, a birthday, or just because. And if you know somebody who wants to change their life or add to it, Fast Track Real Estate School is another gift to give. So make sure you thank my sponsors and give them a call. All right, we're back talking about, for those who just tuned in, you're listening to Loretta McNary Live. I am Loretta McNary, and my very special guest today is none other than first-time author, who has knocked it out the park, T.L. Pratcher, with her new book, Concrete Roses, Trampled, book number one. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about the characters, and we talked about the writing experience and even, you know, how you have the support of your loving husband, Fred, and your children. So I guess your life has already taken on a new normal with you writing this book, promoting this book, and writing another book, and then Sheila and I trying to push you to make it into a screenplay. So <laughs> how do you find the time to balance everything? 
much uh, <laughs> much prayer and and having someone to talk to. Um, just I I at the end of every day, I like to come home to my family. Family is so important to me. Just um, having having those moments where. Um, my eight-year-old can, well, I'm sorry, she, she'll be eight soon, climb into my lap and just sit there until she sleeps. <laughs> it's, it's just being, being with family um, and balance. Honestly, I'm still, I'm still trying to get my balance, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still, learning, still learning that one because it looks different every day. But um, I enjoy writing. It comes very natural for me. It I I it it completes me some somehow to just to get in the groove. I, I call myself a um um a, a binge writer. <laughs> I I I may I may not, I may not write today and I may not write tomorrow, but that third day when I hit it, I'll write for days and then I'm off again. So that's that's how I did Concrete Roses. I didn't write it every day, but that just shows how um, magnificent God hand was on it and on me because even though I didn't write every day, even though life circumstances showed up, um, my family had a car accident and some other things that happened. A lot of just, just life happened to, um, it could, could have deterred me, but I just kept right on. And Miss Bell is a jewel. If anyone is interested in, um, in putting their, Putting their, um, getting their work out there. If you want to be an author and you need an editor, Sheila Bell is the best. She's the most patient, the, the sweetest, Hands most encouraging down. person. Hey, I second that emotion. Hands down, Sheila Bell is the best. Sheila and I are also, um, and this is the part I want to get into, um, giving some advice because I also on the show I love talking to high points and and promoting the books and talking about the writing process and the, and, and that whole nine yards. But I will be remiss if I can offer some tidbits and some tips to mm-hmm. future writers or people who um, have been thinking about it, but they get um, writer's fright or whatever that is going on. So I want to, and that was a good lead-in when you talked about Sheila being a great editor, just a great consultant. You don't even have to have mm-hmm. written a word. Sheila can help. She can be your consultant to help you get that first word on the page. And if you are mm-hmm. hitting a writer's block, she's good as a consultant, as an editor, as a writer, as a publisher. And now, you know, we're putting a movie filmmaker on under our belt. So it's good to be in that kind of crowd of people who are doing things that, you know, for those who have been thinking about doing it, this is the time. Just So what advice can you offer someone, a first-time writer, uh, what, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, well, I don't know what to do. I, I just Do I just sit there and wait on the pen to move? Or what was the first <laughs> thing that you did when you decided to write the book? And did you ever have writer's block? Well, there were moments. Um, there, there were moments that were um, parts of the story that were so intense. There are, par- there are parts even now when I'm, when I'm skimming through the book that I have to I have to just move move a little quickly through that part. Um, I'll say this: uh, Legacy of Holiness. Yeah, that's one of them. That's one of those chapters that hurry up and get past that. Hurry up because it's too it it, ra- it raises too many emotions um, for for me. Um, and when it comes to when it comes to writing, and especially being that I'm writing the se- the sequel now, um, I would say just write. It doesn't matter 
what tools you use. It could be a crayon. <laughs> write. Yeah. <laughs> write something. Write something every time inspiration hits. You could you could be you could be at the grocery store and you and, and you see something that inspires you, just write. It doesn't have to sound poetic, it doesn't have to make sense, just write. And I think that as we do it, the um I think the um ability increases. Um honestly, I I <laughs> I when I think about myself, um I'm still when someone says, "Oh, I love your book." I it, it amazes me. I'm over the moon because we're our own <laughs> worst critic. We always think it's you know it's not good enough, but I um, it, it keeps me searching, keeps me wanting to do more, wanting to do better. Um, and I would also say to an aspiring writer, um, once you complete your manuscript, please get an editor because nowadays. <laughs> Nowadays, um, people people are self-publishing. They write and they're self-publishing. They say, oh, you don't need an editor because people told me that. You don't need an editor. Just, just go ahead and do it yourself. But um, another writer um, told me to, she, she said, you need an editor. Get yourself an editor. And that was one of the best yeah. decisions that I could have made. Um, and, I agree. And, and, Need an editor. You need um, someone who can stand aside and look and look at your work and not be so uh, connected as you are, and um, someone and, and someone with experience who knows what to look for. So an editor is priceless. Exactly. Somebody really whose work is already excellent. You can look at it because what happens, and mm-hmm. we do have another person I want to bring on, and hopefully Sheila will um, chime in. But I do have another call I want to take. What okay. happens, there are so many companies, and I'm not putting, a, you know, anything bad marks on these companies, but even if you're a self-publisher, you go to another self-publisher, you got to have an editor, baby. I don't care if you are an English major. You need to have a professional editor. I talk for a mm-hmm. living, so I have to write in no words, but I promise you my book would be nothing, nothing without Sheila Bale. I promise you. She is She's fabulous, and the fact that she takes on new writers is just crazy to me because she has all this experience. She could just do, you know, season writers, but she is so awesome. I'm going to see if Sheila will chime in, but first I want to go ahead and take this call. Uh, I'm going to okay. area code 319-36202. No, 319-202 is the prefix is going to bring you on, caller. Hi, caller. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. Hello, how are you? Great, how are you? Hi, hello. I'm just fine. Hi. I have a couple of questions for Miss T.L. Okay. If that's okay. Okay. Absolutely. So um, I, too, am a big, 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 big fan to the 25th Tower, big fan. Um, absolutely love the book, read it twice, and it's just amazing. Um, now, my, I, I love art, and I love um, people who, um, well, I know that there are different forms of art. So my one question uh, to Ms. TL is, um, although you've written this book, well, I guess I have three questions, and I'll make them really quick, but I know you've written this book. Um, I just like to know what 
other forms of art would you have under your belt? Say singing, drawing, doing hair, just how talented <laughs> are you? Because this book is amazing. <laughs> Okay, I answered that one. Now I'm 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 a shy person, but <laughs> by nature, um, but I do like to dabble in. Um, I like to draw. Um, I'm a lefty, so I think that uh, God gave all left-handed people something special because we the whole mm-hmm. world is right-handed. So um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. So I like to draw, um, and yes. I do um, do hair. Um, <laughs> I um, I used to do it for a living unofficially, um, mm-hmm. and and it's and, and singing. Um, I did sing um, um, on the praise team at my church for many years. So yeah, I do like to dabble in all of those things that you mentioned. You were so precise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I just thought I'd ask because you know when someone does anything, I always like to know what else can you do. Like it can't just you know be just this one thing. Like I I don't write or anything. I mean I I do kind of or I I did. I don't really do it anymore. But I I like to call myself a jack of all trades because I like to be able to do multiple things and not just be limited to one. So. That's what made me pose that question to you. Um, the second question, really quick, um, did you, I mean, was this book a dream for you? Or was it, I mean, because I missed about the first three or four minutes, so I'm not sure what may have been said already, but was the book a dream for you? Or was it something where you just, you know, maybe decided, like, I'm going to write a book or you know, maybe something crossed your mind like, you know, did you always dream to write or was it just something you thought you thought you'd give a hand to? Um, thank you for those questions. Um I I've always wanted to write. I've always I, I think in, in fourth grade that's when I when, when when I learned about creative writing and um and I learned that I enjoyed storytelling. Uh, so I've all as, as far as fourth grade, that's what when you're ten. But even younger than that, um, five. When I started to write, I just like to tell stories. I like to, um, I, I like to entertain with stories. Um, and I love to read. It started with reading. I love reading. And so, if you have a love for reading, then you want to give people that same joy. I think. So that's, I think that that's where it really started for me, just loving to read. Awesome. And, um, yeah, and I, um, Concrete Roses was uh, not on my radar. It was not something that I planned to do. It, uh, I was trying to write something else, and and then I got the idea about Tammy and, and then Chica, and it went from there. So... As, and you didn't hear the first part, but as I, I, I said that um, the story kind of, uh, I feel that um, the Holy Spirit inspired me to write it. It kind of revealed itself to me. That's how I like to see it because mm-hmm. these people were not in my radar. I, they were not on my mind. But now they're <laughs> real and they're living and they're, and they're mm-hmm. clothed in flesh. You can see mm-hmm. them now. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I cannot express how much I love 
the book like I'm probably going to start reading it again. I've read it twice already. And so <laughs> I just love the book. I kid you Thank not. You. And it, and, and, and I tried to slow down, you know, but it's such a page turner. I, I couldn't put it down. It and I heard you say how you would I just agree. kind of write, you know, you write during breaks, you write it. And, and that's how I was like, I have it at work. I mean, and <laughs> I just read it around the clock. Um, my last question to you, I know you were saying that like since fourth grade and maybe even younger that you thought to be a writer. So when you finally um, picked up the pen and paper to start writing or grabbed your laptop or whatever, um, did you ever have a point where you almost gave up? Did, did you did you ever get to a point where, you know, maybe, and I know, you know, you talked about, um you know, how you were inspired and how um, how God helped and, you know, and gave you ideas and led you to, to, but did you ever get to a point where you were stuck and you just, I mean, you know, just kind of, what, have you ever been discouraged during your writings? I guess that's yes. phrase better. Yes, thank you. Yes, um, and that's where Miss Bell and uh, my husband came in. Um, we, as I said, life happened. Um, we had a car accident, and uh, I wasn't able to focus like I needed to because of all the things that surrounded that event. And um, we were in the editing phase, and Miss Bell had reviewed my work. And I, I, I can, I know she's probably laughing now, but she had reviewed. I think we, we were on the, we were maybe on the second go go around, and. She sent the manuscript back with a lot of red, <laughs> a lot of red, and uh, just um, markups. It, it reminded me of being in school, just red markups and lines drawn to things. And, and then there was this certain thing that I did when I, yeah, and there was this certain thing that I did. I capitalized things that I wanted to emphasize. I capitalized and uh-huh. she couldn't stand it. She couldn't stand it. Welcome to she the club, like TL. Mine was exclamation points, honey. She hates it. Oh, God. <laughs> she hates those exclamation points. But she, she's very but, thorough and calling. Thank you so much because you asked a lot of questions that I was going to ask, and you already asked them, and we only have a couple more minutes in the show, so I might get you to co-host <laughs> with me sometimes, honey. <laughs> hey, just say the word. Just say the word. Oh, <laughs> Keep my number. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm a few hundred me. miles away, but I think we can make it work. <laughs> well, I talk to people all over the world, literally, that call in and listen to the show. So you'll be at home. We'll have to do this again. <laughs> Sounds great. But T.L., I thank just want to thank so you so much for much. taking the time and answering. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to get her back on because we at Sheila and I are going to really work hard with her to get this movie produced some kind of way. So what I want to do now, I want to bring Sheila on that we've been talking about because she is definitely the expert and with us giving tips and some secrets and um, just some little nuggets of truth on first-time writers and how to get rid of writer's block. I just want Sheila to come on, and then T.L., you and I will kind of wrap this up in the next couple of minutes, okay? All okay, right. Well, thanks for find... Allow me. Have a good one. Oh, honey, right. you, you are a sister to me now. Thanks. Keep listening. <laughs> I sure okay, will. let me put, <laughs> all right, let me get Sheila on. We have, oh, my goodness, let me remember Sheila's number. When I say we have a ton of people that are listening, we do, and I praise God for that. Okay, I know Sheila's number. If I don't know nobody else's number. But can you hear me, Loretta? I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've been listening, and uh, in regard to the editorial standpoint, I'm just so glad both of you said how necessary that is because I was just talking to a writer the other day, and I just cringed. I mean, he's a great writer, but he's he just wants to write without an editor. And he's to the point now where he says, well, I don't think it's necessary. You know, people are going to buy my books regardless, and people don't look at it. Oh, the story like that. They don't care really about the editing. But I just beg to differ. And an editor also do. is not your best friend or your the college instructor just because they are English professor. And that doesn't constitute that person being an editor. This takes a lot of time, experience. You know, it's a learned profession. I'm just so glad and grateful that both of you all, you know, sought me out. And if it's not me, just any editor. Right, somebody. That's like saying, because you know how to drive, you don't need a driver's license. Or you know how to exactly. sell anything, you want to sell real estate. No, baby, you got to know, you got to be an expert in that area. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah, people and you will buy your books because they're your friends, too. but after that, that's it. Yeah. That's right. And like I told T.L. and I told you too, Loretta, you know, um, when you come to the editing uh, phase of your book, when it's time for that, I stress that you have to have tough skin because I'm going to just give it to you straight. And you have Mm -hmm. to have, you know, find an editor who you can trust and who will enhance your story, not take away your voice, but enhance your voice. So T.L., she was a little nervous in the beginning when she got those strike throughs and some things she didn't want to take <laughs> mm-hmm. out, and she, but, but she did. And I believe she will say that the story is even better for it, and it's setting it up, too, for a book, too. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I can't stress enough to first-time authors and even inspire, I mean, even veteran authors. Yeah, you them. never, yeah. ever need to stop getting an editor. Mm-hmm. So I agree. just keep that. Oh, a thousand yes. percent. Well, Sheila, you and I are going to have to do a, a show on that, too. Don't you agree that we should do a oh, show great. on that? Yes. Okay. And I'll talk with yes. you, and we'll get that on the books. Okay, um, Sheila, I just can't even express how much I love you and respect your work even more than that. You're just super amazing. Super amazing. Oh, and if they don't come knocking on your ready. door now, they will. They will. Okay. <laughs> the big time okay. folks. You know who we're talking about, those New York Times people. <laughs> yes, yes. That's you know that's a desire of my heart. You you know that. Oh I know. My God. I don't know why you don't understand your work is just as valuable. But I know that validation from them means a whole lot, but it's gonna happen. Thank you, sweetie. I yes, love you. Thank All you. All right, Miss PL Cratcher. Oh my goodness, Concrete yeah. Roses Trampled, book number one. Yeah, and makes, I don't know what more we say, can say without giving away too much. How can they find you, and how can they purchase this book? Well, um, actually, we um, we are on Amazon Prime, and um, I'm actually having a book signing this Saturday at Makita's Homemade Cookie Shop, and it's located at 488 South Second Street. Let me say that slowly: 488 South. Second Street, Makita's Homemade. And give the date because this will go in archives and people will be listening to this next week and they'll think it's Saturday. So what date is Saturday? The 23rd, right? Yes, it's February 23rd, yeah, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And we're going to be there and uh, we hope to see a lot of you out. Uh, 
and enjoy some delicious cookies when you come out because they have those school cookies that we used to eat. But the they're best even butter better in the world. Oh, I'm a fan of them yes. too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, cookies. Oh my goodness, it is yes, a staple can... here in our city and beyond. Okay, so that yes. book signing starts at what time? It's um, from 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Say it again. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? 11 a.m. No problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Any closing remarks about um, your your Tammy and your Prudy and your Chica and your <laughs> Rooster and we didn't even that and then Lauren. So you guys have oh, got to get yeah. this book. I promise you. You yeah, will not be mad at yourself for getting this book. This book, I, I just wanted to peep at it, and I ended up finishing it at one sitting on a Saturday. I got it on the 9th. I finished it on the 9th. And it is just one of those books you just don't want to leave it. you got to know what happens next, what happened next, what happens next. And, again, you're going to have your favorite characters, and I would love to hear who they are and then tell me who your least favorite person is um, for those who are going to read the book after this interview. But, anyway, make sure you pick up Concrete Roses by T.L. Presser. And let me tell you, this is a story of forgiveness, redemption, um, mm-hmm. socialism. I mean, classism yes. <laughs> is everything. Yes. It's, um, bottom of the barrel mentality is the least of us. Yes. How do we treat them? It will have you asking yourself, could I be a Lauren to someone like that? And we want to yes. hear about that. So you can go to her website. You can find her on Facebook. If you can't find her, you can find her husband, Fred Patcher, on Facebook. So, <laughs> TL, I just want to say I thank you. And I'm going to wear sunglasses around you from now on because, girl, your future is super bright. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And may I leave my website? My um, I can give them my website too. Yeah, it please. is. Um, uh-huh. Okay, it's it's simple. Tlpratcherbooks.com. Tlpratcherbooks.com. Thank right, you, Loretta, for having me on. All right, everybody, this is going to be it for us. We're going to close out this show, and we look forward to you joining us again on Loretta McNary Live podcast right here almost daily now. We're definitely here Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And in closing, think big, think positive, dream big dreams, help the one along the way, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Praise God. Bye. Bye.